Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors. Today we're talking how to purchase positively geared property. Now, that might seem like a little bit of a silly question because it's a little bit easier than it was perhaps six or seven years ago. But I want to dive into this topic and talk about why positively geared property is important for someone that's trying to grow their portfolio. And should all purchases be positively geared? Is it hard to get them? What sorts of properties should investors be targeting for cash flow? I've got an expert who is a property guru in positively geared property who's also gone down the negative route and found himself hitting a ceiling with that strategy. So who better than Dragon Dumovsky to talk to me about purchasing positively geared property? Here's Dragon. Dragan Dumovsky, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. Thank you for having me, Mike. I've got to say, it's a pretty cool sounding name. It, it, you're almost like a, a Rocky villain. Who was that? Uh, <laughs> Ivan Drago. You know, there's a parallels with that. I wish my name sounded That's right. that cool. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian boxer, yes. There you yeah, go. I get that sometimes. <laughs> so we're talking today about how to purchase property that is positively geared. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, you might kind of say, well, it's pretty easy. I can go to the window and point at something and it's probably positively geared. But I remember back in the day, it was difficult, right? There were businesses that were sort of talking about, we'll help you find something positive. These days, you know, we've got a little bit more of an option. But how how do you sort of weigh into purchasing a positively geared property at times where it might be difficult? So I guess what I'm trying to say is... Is it positive or bust? You've got to find a positively geared property. Yeah, look, uh, the, I mean, look, the best way to do it, if, if someone's a novice in, in investing, you the first signs you got to look, you know, okay, is, is it a growth area? Is, uh, you know, you find a particular house that you like, you know, it's 500 grand, all right? You sort of weigh it out, you, you find out what uh, the potential rent is uh, of that property. If it's $500, then you know you're getting a 5.2% return. Yep. Now you've got to take consideration of uh, you know uh, rates and and what have you. Uh, calculate all that, and if you're still above the uh, the interest rate, then you've got yourself a positive uh, positive property. Yep. Now let's talk yep. a little bit about your background with property. So you you sort of went down the negative gearing route because there was a time where that was kind of like, it was like a shiny brochure, right? Like, do you want to invest in property? Well, you'll love negative gearing. You know, this is a system <laughs> where you save all this money in tax and then have serviceability issues trying to grow your portfolio. What got you sort of sucked into the negatively geared strategy? Well, look, I was uh, I was in my early twenties. I've uh, I started a business one year into the business. Uh, I was twenty three years old, and uh, <clears throat> I had um, just going back on the story. I had a neighbour of mine with where I had my business that time. I had a photography studio, and that particular person was uh, doing extremely well, not only on the business but uh, on the investments uh, investment side of things. And I approached him and, and, you know, asked the general question, you know, how you, how, you know, where's all this money coming from? Why do you pretty, have a Ferrari? Why do you have a Ferrari? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, look, you know, part of his business, but majority of part of it is, you know, uh, I've been invested about 10, 10, 15 years that time uh, in property. So I was like thinking, okay, in general, I could pick up any property and, and hold on to it for a little while or do some reno and, and make some money. Mm. 
So, you know, I thought, okay, Sydney's a great place to invest. You know, it's, it's the capital, uh, well, you know, it's the main city in, in Australia. So I thought, okay, well, whatever I buy, whatever I touch, it will turn into gold, right? Mm. Uh, little did I know that uh, three properties into it, within a couple of years I've uh, been apartments, I'm heavily negative geared. Now, sure, the uh, the age, uh, sorry, the um, accountant was telling me, yeah, yeah, get, you know, get some negative geared properties. It will help you with your, you know, your tax or what have you. And uh, but I, I started paying forty grand um, per year additional onto the property. So mm. I, I, I was actually paying more than I was saving. So, yeah, wow, and, and I, that's that's what it was. And I thought this can't be right. How are people making money doing this? Yeah, <laughs> forty grand's a fair amount of money. And I mean, even if you're on a, a solid salary, I mean, you're you're mm. going to get to a point where a bank is going, okay, yeah, you could probably get one more property, and then maybe you're yeah. having to chip in sixty grand a year. But there has to be a ceiling, right? Did you get close well, that, to that? Well, it maxed me out to to the third property, right? You know, on that third property, and I couldn't uh, couldn't move for, uh, forward from there. So, you know, then then I started educating myself. You know, I, I've went to a few extra seminars. I started talking to other property investors within um, the network. Uh, read a lot of books, and you know, it sort of drove me. It narrowed the uh, the selection right down to uh, purchasing purchasing uh, houses on with land. Yep. And then a, an uncle of mine gave me the great idea of purchasing larger blocks of land. So there's options later for, you know, further development, not just a renovation and, and uh, you know, increase uh, equity just on a reno. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you, learnt, you learnt the lesson the hard way that, you know, negative yeah. gearing might sound re- very good and your accountant might be able to go, look at all this tax I've saved you, but you will get to a point where you can't go any further. So... Was that the reason why you became so enamoured with positively geared property? Because that was really the only way to grow your portfolio. hundred oh, percent. That's that's exactly what it was. So, uh, as as I mentioned, I uh, you know educated myself, and then I seen other people um, what they've done, and they explained to me, okay, you know, the best way to to do this and to move forward is actually adding more money to your income. Yep. then going backwards. Yep. And from there, yeah, you just you just build on that. Okay, so you, know. you moved into the positively geared property. I mean, mm-hmm. most investors that you speak to that have a reasonable size portfolio have got a fairly good exposure to cash flow property because that's the Correct. way that they get to that 20th or yep. 30th property or, or what have you. But is there a point where you kind of go, all right, well, the cash flow is sorted, but the real growth is likely to be coming from properties that are lower yielding than, than say some of the ones that helped you grow the portfolio. Look, there are, and, and I have, you know, and I have purchased, uh, you know, after getting those positive geared properties, I have moved in closer to the, you know, to the main capital cities and purchased, you know, houses that, that are exactly that, you know, you're getting to a point where you've you're you've you're positive geared to a certain amount. Now you're thinking, okay, well, I can actually balance this out with uh, with a property or two um, that are in really great areas, like in the suburbs of Sydney. Yep. And and from there, that sort of you know that balances out your portfolio. Yep. So I guess yep. the, the the question was, you know, is it positively geared or it's not happening when it comes to your your philosophy, or is it just a matter of well, you have to have a mix of, of positively geared if the bank's oh, you, going to look at you on paper. Exactly. So at the beginning, I believe, you know, you, you, you should get a several amount of properties that are positive geared. 
and then you've got the option to, you know, balance it out with something, you know, that's that's in a better growth area. Yeah, for sure. Now, when yep. it comes to purchasing property that's positively geared, that's the the topic of the show today. And you've kind of answered it mm-hmm. in the first, you know, fifteen seconds. You buy something that costs you uh, less than what it's bringing in, but if yep. you have somebody that maybe they have one property that's negatively geared, they're looking at their their second and and hopefully pretty quickly their third. Mm-hmm. What sort of property would you look at? I mean, it's uh, you know, is it just a I can get an eight percent yield by buying this type of property, or are there other? Is it more sophisticated than that? No, look, we would have to find out, uh, you know, um, what that negative geared property is, and then would have to sit down with them and find out, okay, well, how much of a how much of a uh, a positive geared property will balance you out neutrally? Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, it is it. It is pretty, I mean, it's pretty simple. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, obviously you just, you know, you don't go off and buy a, a, a 8% return property that's in a mining area mm. that's, you know, only has 2,000, a population of 2,000 people. Come on, um, roll the dice, Dragon. Right. <laughs> Come on, we could well, get a not... 15% yield and, you know, buy oh, for 800. Could. <laughs> could be worth 320 in two years. Exactly, exactly. So there is a little bit to it, but uh, but in general, I mean, you know, if, if you know what you're sort of looking for, then then it's pretty easy. Mm. So yeah. with, with, with these uh, positively geared properties, talk us through what a typical sort of investment grade property would be like for you. With cash flow, are you chasing, say, uh, are these boarding house style properties or duplexes or can you just get your average sort of three or four bedroom house that's a positively geared property that's also going to be uh, a capital growth prospect as well? Yeah, look, so it really depends on, on each client. Uh, a, a lot of my clients, they do, they, you know, they do like the sort of three bedroom, one bathroom, you know, on a block that's 500 square meters or so. Uh, then you have the other half uh, that uh, uh, that do want the larger blocks. So, um, or, or the duplex. So I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I have purchased uh, one particular uh, piece of property that was the two bedroom, uh, sorry, four bedroom duplex. So two on each side. Yep. And and that was returning almost about seven percent return. Um, so it can it really depends on the client on on how they want to you know move forward with how you know if they say to me they're they're open to whatever as long as the the return is there then that's fine we'll we'll open up the uh, the floodgates to options. But uh, you get some people that hey you know what I don't want I just want a simple three bedroom one bathroom or two bathroom house. Um, don't not too really fast on the block size, and it's a set and forget. Yeah, and for yeah. people th- for people that have assets that are, are negatively geared and and perhaps they're struggling to hold on to them, is there mm-hmm. any sort of typical strategy that you would have with them? Let's say renovating to sort of increase the value, or do you ever advise clients to sell those properties because of the opportunity costs? What what can someone do if they feel they're in a bit of a negative hole? The Geared for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximise their claims and maximise their property education as well.
Look, it's, uh, it depends. I mean, uh, some, cl- some clients would want to sell. I mean, I, I haven't had too many of these clients, but some clients, um, you know, they're okay with fixing the property up and selling and, and making the best of it. Um, others will are happy to keep it. They can, you know, they can ride that negative gearing wave for a couple of years and, until it's neutral. Um, so it really depends. It's, it's uh, client dependent, but mm. um, what they can do is, yeah, I'll, I'll find out what, uh, which way they want to take that property and then, um, you know, offer a solution from there. Yep. What about yep. when it comes to the finance side of things? So for people that are, are just hell bent on, I want to get the 2030 portfolio, those, what, what we talk about on this podcast probably is more ego metrics when it comes to investing but if you're wanting mm-hmm. to, to to get to that level what yep. sort of what sort of conversations do you see happening with banks around the positively geared properties there's there's all these kind of ideas about them taking sort of 80 percent of of the rent to have a bit of a safety buffer but what, what do you think a bank is actually looking for to to be able to have confidence to lend that 15th or 16th property to somebody well, look, definitely, definitely the uh, the cash flow of uh, of the rental coming in—that's for sure. Um, that would probably be one of the main things, and and obviously, you know, what sort of equity they have uh, that they can play with. Yeah. Yep. But what, cash flow would be the main one. Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to these positively geared areas, there's mm-hmm. there's a a huge rental accommodation shortage happening in Australia. It's been happening for Mm -hmm. quite some time. It seems to be only going to get worse with many of these crazy tax policies and, and, you know, arduous kind of reforms for investors. It's, Mm -hmm. it sounds a bit sort of um, a bit unfair to, because obviously the tenants are suffering in this, but if your goal is to build an investment property and wanting these positively geared properties, you've got to be going where the demand for rental accommodation is high. Uh, Are there there any particular pockets around the country that you've got your eyes on that where you're happy to share your secret herbs and spices? Uh, look, I, I can say there are a few pockets in uh, in Brisbane, some even outside uh, in regional coastal um, Queensland. Yep. Uh, s- some pockets in regional New South Wales and uh, coastal New South Wales, but I'm not going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to share my magic <laughs> at well, the moment. <laughs> there was there was a story only this week about the the Kentucky Fried Chicken secret herbs and spices having a big component of MSG. So sometimes you don't want to look. <laughs> behind mm-hmm. the curtain, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure you've got some good <laughs> due diligence there. So when yep, you're yep. when you're doing your due diligence and your research, what what are you looking at? I mean, obviously, a, a positively geared property is is kind of mm-hmm. property specific and it's financially specific. Um, you're wanting presumably an increase in rents just to make mm-hmm. even more po- positive cash flow. But of course, mm-hmm. if you can get that those competing, uh, you know, the concert of capital growth and rental growth, that's really important. What, what are some of the sure. key things that you look at for an area before you're sort of green lighting, whether you'll purchase there sure. that you see as, as positive drivers? Sure. Look, um, a bit of data from CoreLogic always helps, but uh, one of the main things are uh, government spending in certain areas. Yep. So are they upgrading the airports? Are they you know, building a new uh, hospital? Yep. Uh, population growth in, cer- in certain uh, council areas. Yep. Um, also look at the, um, the history or, or whatever the um, vacancy rate is. If it's you know, a lot of pretty much most of my properties I purchase for clients, they're all under 1% uh, vacancy rates. Yep. 
so a, you know a strong vacancy rate with with a combination of uh, you know infrastructure spending in that area that sort of you know it sort of funnels into to pinpoint a, the area which I'll be purchasing in for for yep. clients or myself. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. G- yeah. Going going back to the banks, I, I was just thinking about these multiple portfolio uh, property owners. D- mm-hmm. Is there a point where you have to leave the big four? So if you've got you know your tenth and eleventh property that you become something that is only attractive to these second and third tier lenders. Second tier lenders, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah look, it it does happen. Look. Uh, most of my clients that uh, that come to me and they do not have uh, pre-approval, I always uh, funnel them into a uh, to a mortgage broker. There's two I use, and and they're absolutely good. Now, depending on their circumstance, or you know, if they already have a decent portfolio, but they're looking to move further because they're, you know, um, their big four banks aren't lending to them directly, then I would advise uh, they get assistance from a mortgage broker. Yeah. Definitely a good mortgage broker. Yeah, beautiful. And then they can then assist them with, you know, okay, so these banks aren't giving it to us. Let's try the the second tier, third tier um, lenders. Yeah. And typically, yeah. because of because I, I suppose of your angle, you do you do sort of promote yourself as as purchasing positively geared property, or at least having a you know a strong cash flow focus. I'm yep. one. I'm wondered the types of clients that are uh, attracted to you from that. Are they normally people that have had that hit a little bit of a ceiling, or they're aspirational to be big portfolio owners? Who are the typical people that you're working with day to day? Look, most of them are people. They're newbies. They're pe- people that are just coming on. They're young guys or girls, uh, or a f- family that's just you know starting off in investing, and and they already they've done their research and they've you know they're pretty much. You know, even though they, they've got a, you know, a high income, which maybe one property could assist them on negative gearing, you know, they've, they've done their research and they understand that being in a positive geared property is more beneficial than, uh, than the opposite. Mm. So, yeah. So, and, and then, then I've got, uh, even this week, I've got, you know, your, your 65 year old guy that's got a bit of cash, but he doesn't want to, uh, you know, he wants to purchase something that's going to give him some income yep. after all expenses. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a mix of, uh, mix of people. Yeah. And commercial property has been attractive to a lot of people that are chasing that return. Where do you sort of land on that? And, and, and has, has, has the sort of the advantageous nature of commercial property kind of dissipated a little bit with interest rate rises, do you think? Oh, look, it's it's still there. I don't purchase any commercial properties for my for my clients. Um, I have some knowledge of that, but I don't focus on on commercial properties. But I am seeing there are more and more people um, going to that uh, that side. Yeah, definitely yeah. because of the the strength of the returns. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, now, when it comes to investing in these cash flow properties what what are some of the things that you think people are getting wrong where, where are people sort of getting wrong on the cash flow do you think are they focusing just on the yields and and not any future growth of the property or they're not doing the research about the area what are some of the common things that you see that that you kind of think gosh i wish you'd taken my advice or i'd had a chance to chat to you beforehand yeah, look, I mean, where I'm seeing most people are making the mistakes, and a lot of clients recently, especially if they're they're just about to purchase a, an apartment that you know that's got a pool in it, it's a gym, and it's it's got all these uh, 
you know, all these other expenses that they have to pay and it's negative or they will tell us it's, it's neutrally geared. But once you actually dig into the numbers, mm. they're finding actually, no, you're not neutral. You're actually negative yeah. because uh, you, you're not taking consideration of, of strata payments and all these other payments that, uh, you know, um, yeah, so it's, it's there and also not being educated enough on, on certain growth areas. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. if you can round us out with your, let's mm-hmm. say your top three tips for anyone that's looking at purchasing positively geared property, what are some, what are mm-hmm. say the top three things that you, you wish that they would know and understand? Uh, educate yourself, educate, 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 go seminars, do some courses. That would be one. Um, books, YouTube, you know, YouTube channels. There's, there's, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of information. Um, what would be the other one? Talk to a professional, you know, approach a buyer's agent. A lot of, a lot of buyer's agents will, uh, like myself will actually give you some information, you know, free information. Yep. You know, why would you buy there? And, you know, why would you not purchase there? If you, you know, if you're looking at purchasing an apartment, this is the reason why you shouldn't, yep. hey. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and the third one, honestly, I can't think of the third one. That's okay. I think yeah, ed- that would educa- be the main two. Yeah. Educating yourself and talking to a professional and perhaps not buying an apartment with a uh, massive uh, strata fees. Uh, exactly. Th- I don't think you can go wrong with uh, any of that. Dragon, it's been an yep. absolute uh, pleasure. Thanks for, for joining me on the show to talk everything positive. Thank, thanks for having me, Mike. Thank you very much. Cheers.